In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. We're coming up to the Ravens. I'm off shooting tomorrow, and I'm here with Jack Duffin. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm good. It's been a it's been a weird old week. Um, just it it almost feels like the Brown season's over. I know there's zero point eight percent chance, so I haven't completely given up. And it's not the most other than us beating the Browns. The other seven things that need to happen aren't that ridiculous. Um, so if we beat the Ravens, anything can happen. And by no means do I think we're going to win that. But um, crazy things have happened. Did you just say the Browns beating the Browns? Yeah, the, the Browns do a very successful job of beating the Browns, but I actually meant the Browns beating the Ravens. All right, cool. What's uh, your views on that, mate? Do you think we're going to get a win, honestly? Nope, we're getting spanked. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we beat the um, spread, which I think is like at minus 10 at the minute. Or plus ten for us, um, so it wouldn't surprise me if we 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 do the spread. But uh, I am not putting any money near that game. Jack not betting. Wow, he's either made a big loss or he doesn't fancy the chances. It's it's just too unpredictable because I could see the Browns uh, covering that bet, but I could also see us getting smashed. So um, anything can happen. Excellent. And Jack, you've been getting a bit of. Twitter love, Twitter abuse this week. Um, you've uh, been called an idiot by a few people a while back. And uh, how did you do, Jack? Well, I just I, I thought let's let's go back and look at what I tweeted in the off season and dig up sort of the main ones that I got absolute dogs abuse for. And I mean, a good like ten, fifteen people just calling me an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. So I just dug up six of them. And uh, we, we can go through them one by one. And they're all out there, so you can check the receipts. I've tweeted about them. So the first one was, I said, Freddie's on the hot seat. I said at the start of the season, I said, look, if you don't make the playoffs, guys, he's probably getting fired. To which I was told, you don't know what you're talking about. He's not going anywhere. Dorsey believes in him. We all believe in him. H- how did I do on that one, Paul? 50-50. 50-50. Do you, th- is, do you think it's 50-50 he stays, or is it, is it game over? Mate, I reckon the Haslam's are going with a two-year strategy unless they just think, fuck it, we just can't keep this two-year strategy going. We have to make a change with this talent. We can't be a dinosaur business. We have to make a change of what we're seeing with the talent. And I think... There is a chance that they're going to do that, but I do think they will do the uh, two-year safe option at least. Oh, I do think there's like a 25% chance they keep him. Um, I, I, only only 25%? I think 50-50. 25% now. Before the Cardinals game, I felt a lot more confident that he would stay. And I think it was that bad and the way players were sniping at him, whether it's Landry, whether it was the other guys. I just feel the dressing room's gone. Um, and that, for me, I think, 
it's the time they've just got to pull the plug. And what were your other ones? So number two was we overpaid for OBJ. When I said overpaid, you got to take all five aspects or six aspects into that. So you've got the first round pick, pick number 17. You've got the third round pick. You've got Peppers that we gave up. You've got Rashad Perryman that is part of the deal because he got the boot over that. You've got Higgins who was finished off this season as part of that deal. And then you've also got the cap commitment as a, one of the most expensive wide receivers in the NFL, and that's it without even his guarantees, which uh, New England Giants have paid. So I said he was an overpay, and uh, I, th- I think I'm going to take a W on that one, Paul. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. If you remember the first 30 minutes, I was a bit concerned we didn't go with a... We lost the first round for a defensive pick. But then obviously the draft capital that we were getting, I was quite ex- exciting. But yeah, it hasn't panned out great this year. But let, let's judge it next season. Yeah, oh, I think he'll come back and I think he'll have a great season next year. Um, the next one was the cap will lead to players leaving the Browns. And to be fair, I didn't think that would be something that happened this off-season coming. But that is certainly the case. All the noise coming out is Joe Schobert is being shown the door. And that is nothing other than a cap decision. Because... He is the number one linebacker, and he's the only starting linebacker we have in the entire Browns roster, other than Christian Kirksey, and Christian Kirksey is gone um, just because, unfortunately, injuries have caught up with him. So we're going to get rid of our only starting quality linebacker, and that is purely down to the salary cap. So that, I'm taking a W on, um, because I was told the cap doesn't exist. Spend however much you want, and unfortunately... Proofs in the pudding, and I've, it's madness that Joe Schobert's going, but uh, that is a cap decision. Two things. Do you honestly think he's going? Uh, all, uh, they wouldn't be making a statement. They, one that they haven't even started negotiations with him is a solid indication, and the second is the fact that they're willing to speak to the media and say, look, we're willing to let him walk in free agency. So I think he's going. I think it's a stupid decision, and yeah. So, still on my first point is, but do you think it's a um, secret deal or trying to test the market and secretly they're just going to agree in February? I don't think that's a strategy. Um, They could transition tag him, let him set the market and whichever deal he agrees to, we then get the choice to match it or let him walk. So, the transition tag is there and this year is really unique at the end of um, the collective bargaining agreement the cba you allow one franchise tag on one transition tag so we could tag him with a transition tag uh, not that we're going to use the franchise tag on anyone anyway but we can use the transition tag i don't think we will because if you're going to sign him the sensible time to do it was last off season when i was begging for it but i, I just don't think it happens my second thing is okay obviously we see him he gives maximum effort maximum everything he does for the club. So I'm not taking that away, but does he fit our scheme? And as is he as good as... Because like last year, he led the league with most missed tackles. Does he, is he as good for our scheme, basically? So he definitely has his flaws like anyone. He's not in that sort of truly elite linebacker group. And you go and look at a um, Bobby Wagner, Luke Keekley. They are elite linebackers. So I'm not, I'm not making the argument that you should be paid on that top five linebackers. 
Um, but he, he is certainly above average. Um, I'd say well above average. So you, you need him because the issue is if we go to Mac Wilson and Taki Taki as our starting linebackers next year, we're going to get smashed. If you thought the run game was bad this year, it's probably going to get worse um, based on that. If we look at Mac Wilson's PFF grade, it shot up this week after that interception um, that he got. So it jumped from 41.0 to 46.5. And that is woeful. That is the sort of grade that, that should be your sort of sixth linebacker on a roster, not a starting linebacker. So he's got room to improve. I've got no issue with that. But he can't be the starting linebacker next season. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a twist with Joe Schober, but let's see. Do you think he's going to play in the Pro Bowl? Um, I don't. Uh, he gets a lot of. He, he wasn't actually even selected for the Pro Bowl. He only went as an alternate because Ryan Shazier, say, Ryan Shazier couldn't make it. And for me, the Pro Bowl is a whole farce. Um, I take no interest in who goes because, quite frankly, it's the same way I feel about the X Factor. Who cares who wins a popularity vote? The fact that someone has more Twitter followers should not count for who had a better season. That's what we don't like. X Factor, it's run, Jack. No, I don't. Sorry, drop the mic, boom. Popularity contests are not something I'm interested in. It might be because I'm slightly overweight and ginger and no one would ever vote for me, but hey, um, let, let's not me cry on the show. Well, Jack, is Christmas, mate. Don't put yourself under the bus. You're verified on Twitter and you've got a lot of fans. So, uh, mate, hang in there. Your next thing you said was, is it too early to call Baker a top eight quarterback? Yeah, so um, in the off-season, I said, look, I think Baker could be an elite QB. I think he could go right to the top. People were calling him, sort of, oh, he's one of the best QBs in the league. And I said, oh, hold the brakes. He's not even a top eight quarterback yet. We just don't know one season in. It always takes three years to truly get the flavour of a draft class and a player coming out. And I said, nah, just call, call the brakes on this one. And uh, people just called me negative, said, you don't respect Baker. Baker's going to come out and prove you wrong. And Baker's regressed in this season. And that's not me saying Baker's over, drop him, dump him. I think Baker will get to the top eight level. I honestly do. Um, but he's not a top eight quarterback yet. And I remain positive. But let's not kid ourselves. He is not one of the top eight quarterbacks in the league. Top 15? Oh, certainly. He's certainly in the top half. Um, but yeah, I, I look at names out there and I, I can easily fill a top eight where he's not in it. Hmm. It's interesting because the thing I see in Baker is all these interceptions, okay? And we can talk about are they catches, are they not? But he doesn't seem to... And even his throws that are caught, I think, Jesus... That went for a letterbox to get to the receiver, you know. So he's taking risks, and some of these risks you don't see Breeze taking or Brady taking. So yeah, I'm always uh, I'm always worried about things like that. Yeah, there was the one last season which might have been possibly my favourite pure throw from him, which he threw it. I think it was right between two defenders and Jarvis Landry caught it in the end zone. Phenomenal throw, but. You look at that an inch either way, and that, that could be intercepted by either other player. So it's one of those that sometimes that will come off great. That might have been like returned for a pick six from the opponent's end zone because the field was quite wide open. So you, you take the rough with the smoothing. I think he just needs to think a lot more. Obviously, he hasn't been helped uh, by the changes in the O-line and the lack of changes. But um, 
he, he, I think he'll get there. But it's just calling that breaks. The hype got well out of control in this offseason. He was put in like MVP, top three quarterback discussions, and it was, it was not the time for it. Zettler trade is a mistake. Yeah, I came out straight at the time. Um, the analytics community loved it and said, look, pass rush is more important than guard. The football guys loved it because they were, for whatever reason they were giving. Um, both sides were questioning me on Twitter and I held firm. I said, I don't like this trade. You've got the number one interior line in the NFL. You've got the number one pass blocking guard in the NFL. Do not mess that up. You've got an undersized rookie QB going into his second season. The shorter the QB, the better that pocket needs to stay. So um, in the past, Baker was able to rush up into that pocket because he had three phenomenal players in front of him. And once you take one piece out, you kill the whole thing. And that's definitely, for me, had a knock-on impact on Tretter's season this year. He's not played at such a good level, but that's not on him. That's on the fact that he's having to look out for Eric Kershaw, whoever's playing right guard alongside him, whereas he didn't have to worry about what Zeitler was doing. He doesn't have to worry about what Petonio's doing. He's got two studs either side, and he was playing at a stud level. So, for me, yeah, getting rid of him was a mistake. We could have gone out and purchased someone in free agency. My boy, Trey Flowers, was there. You've got Shaq Barrett that's went and ripped it up. You could have drafted Harold Landry. There was plenty of names. And uh, Vernon, for me, was the wrong move. And I'm, I'm going to take a W on that one as well. Yeah, no worries. I, I get that one. And I always thought, I understand why they got rid of Zeitler. Expensive guard replaced with a premium defensive end. I, I get that, but yeah, looking at Varane, he's always been injury prone. And I always, at the start of the season, I was thinking Avery is taking something away from Avery. Anyway, okay, I agree on that one, mate. And then last one poor OTs, a new scheme won't work. Yeah, so um, it was my number one thing in the offseason was we need to improve the offensive tackles because. We're going to play a scheme that's going to take more time for players to develop and be more downfield. So Baker's going to need more time. So that pocket's got to be even safer than it was last season um, because that quick, short passing game isn't going to be something we focus on as much as a team because that's the way Freddie wants to go. And it's more of Freddie's natural home than last season. It was very much he just tinkered on Haley's playbook and sort of built a couple of things in. Um, so it wasn't really his playbook last year and we got to see the Freddie playbook and the tackles just murdered Baker um, Baker has been at fault for several of these sacks don't get me wrong he's not completely inexcusable um, but yeah it's, it's the scheme plus the offensive tackles was awful lots of Browns fans pointed to sort of the QB hits and the sack numbers from the second half of last season it just wasn't sustainable um, sacks are not a good number to sort of balance anything off pressures is a very stable stat year to year and um, the, num the numbers just aren't good and this year he's looking at absolute pasting and we need to replace both offensive tackles um, Lamb I think can do a solid job so if there's a couple of rookies in Lamb then uh, I think they can make something work between at least two of them mm. Yeah I think um, for me the O-line according to PFF and people, that hasn't been that bad this season? So, in terms of Baker doesn't get hit within two and a half seconds, um, hasn't been too bad. And the question is, are we always throwing in two and a half seconds based on the scheme? The answer is no. So, that's why I don't like the ESPN stat. Um, and also, the ESPN stat doesn't look at all sort of the, the penalties Greg Robinson racks up and things like that. So, um, 
Yeah, it's not been as bad as it could be, but I think Baker lost complete confidence in it. And Antonio Brown was ripping him on Twitter for running to the right and throwing in the first half of the season. And I think that's the reason why he just doesn't trust his right guard. So he just sprints out the pocket. And he was he very much overperformed on the sprinting out the pocket and throwing it plays last season. And that came back down more and balanced this year. And it, the numbers just then aren't as good. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's disappointing. I, I, I think we'll, we'll be really good next year. I think this is very much the under year. Next year, whatever that sort of line of expectation. But I think we'll be slightly over it, what we achieve. Um, as long as this off-season goes well, there's lots of different moving pieces um, that could happen. But lots of players have underperformed this year. I think you'll see an overperformance in lots of those players next year. So uh, it'll balance out. Last question from me for you. Lamar Jackson, do you expect him to be MVP? I expect him to win the vote, but he doesn't deserve it. So Russell Wilson is by far the number one MVP in this league. Um, what Russell Wilson has achieved this year with a poor... Steelers, the Seahawks team has been phenomenal. Um, he has taken them what should have been a 3-4 win team, and they are right up there. Whereas Lamar Jackson is very good. If you vote on the most exciting player in the league, comfortably wins it. Um, biggest improvement, he wins it by a mile. He is not the MVP, though. Um, and it just, it's just not that close. Um, you want to go listen to PFF forecast here and talk about player value. Um, the amount of value Russell Wilson is providing. If you flip those two players around, you put Lamar Jackson on the Seahawks, take that whole scheme with it, and you put Russell Wilson on the Ravens, you are probably looking at the perfect season from that Ravens team if they've got Russell Wilson playing for them. You don't get that the other way around. You're looking at a sort of a 5-6 win team if Lamar Jackson is on the Seahawks. So he would elevate them, but nowhere near the level of uh, Russell Wilson has elevated that Paul Paul team. All right, Jack. Last question. Last, last, last question. Final score prediction for Ravens-Browns. Um, I think we lose by 13. I'm going to say what, uh, 14 for the Browns. What does that put them at? 27? 14-27? Um, they're probably going to get more than that, in all honesty. But let's say 14-30 to the Ravens. I'm going with a Browns 21-20 win. I've got a feeling <laughs> in my blood this this Sunday. I've, I've never heard you say that prediction, so I, I think it might come true. Um, I just want to say a big shout-out um, this week just to surviving the season. Um, jumped on, helped out those guys. It's been a ways. Then they did drop a show today, which is absolutely hilarious. It's really emotional at times, but it's also really hilarious. So it's just a 20-minute piece from Greg, so check that out. But we broke down these six things I just wanted to touch on, but that's, that's not me going, I, take it, I want to take a W, I'm right, I know everything. I don't know everything. But when I tweet something, there's a reason behind some of this stuff. You, you get the ridiculous hot take I made last season with Paul, which was just nuts, which was the Randall interception, give the ball to Hugh. That's my silly hot takey stuff that's just a bit of fun. There was solid reasoning behind every single one of these posts and it just blew up and fans were like, how can you say that? That's not true. That's rubbish. You don't know what you're talking about. And I just wanted to post and just go, look, you, you call me an idiot when I said these six things. They've all come true. Stop calling me an idiot when I say something. Maybe just listen and understand there's a different point of view out there. So, yeah, I just wanted to say 
listen guys, and by all means challenge me, whenever I say something, you go, why do you say it, man? I'll answer, I'll give you a reason, because I'm, I don't know the answers, but um, I'll do my best, and I'm just making an informed decision based on the information out there, and Paul loves it, a bit of hot takes. Um, we always exchange some in the WhatsApp chat, and they are uh, whale of a time. Yeah, good. Mate, so Surviving the Season has just gone on hold for a while. It's not the end, is it? No, it's not the end. No, not the end. It's, um, I think Greg's on hold. I think Adam might still be doing a few shows when he can. Um, hopefully, in the off-season after that, they might be, they'll be back. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they'll still be around. Um, they're just a little bit of a hiatus. But uh, go check that. It's 20 minutes, but you will not regret listening to that 20 minutes. It was, I, I listened to it this morning. I'm going to listen to it on the way home. It was it was just incredible. All right, Jack, where can people find your details? It's at Jack Duffin, that's J-A-C-K-D-U-F-F-I-N on Twitter. And Paul, where can they find you? It's Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you follow both. Hang on a minute, I've got breaking news. I'm now on TikTok. What's that? It's something that little kids play on these days. It's, um, it's a new Instagram video style sharing a social media. So for, come follow us on TikTok. And what's the handle? Is it still the same on everything? Oh no, I've kind of fucked that one up, Jack. I'm Paul Brown. Oh. Um, I can't turn it off, Jack. Um, so he's at Paul Brown underscore UK on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> he's showing me some random video. Yeah, that's TikTok, mate. It's Paul Brown, number one, I think, this time. So uh, there we go. Is there, is there any hope you can change that to underscore UK? It's too confusing, mate. These kids, mate, this new generation can't keep up. Damage in the brand, mate. Damage in the brand. But yeah. no, thank you very much, guys, for listening. Um, it's a quick one today. I think it's overrun because I'm at work. I need to rush back to work so I'll probably get in trouble. But um, thank you very much for listening. Paul. Go Browns. Thanks a lot, Jack. See you soon. Go Browns.